0: Welcome to our special Oscars episode of Behind the Screen. I'm Carolyn Jardina, and I'm here with my colleague, Executive Awards Editor Scott Feinberg, to give a final look at this year's Oscar nominations. Scott, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. It's a nice tradition.
0: So let's start with the Best Animated uh, Film category. The nominees this year are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish, The Sea Beast and Turning Red, And I think you and I both agree that uh, this is probably one of the easier ones to predict this time out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't hurt that in the title of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is the name Guillermo del Toro, who is one of the most popular people in the business. And so, yes, the movie in itself is probably worthy, but it certainly will get a boost from its association with him as it has all season. You know, it's won essentially every important precursor award And it's this whole story, which you can tell better than I can, but basically just a years long, painstaking effort to uh, offer a darker, more uh, adult, maybe friendly take on the 1940 Disney classic. And, And I think, you know, literally Netflix has a billboard up at the moment on, I believe it's Sunset Boulevard, which is has expressed their thesis, which is basically that animation is cinema. Animation is not just the genre for kids. And um, that is, that is sort of uh, all the, you know, what, what their argument is for Pinocchio here.
0: Right. Now that's a message that Guillermo's really been uh, talking about all season. And uh, I mean, it's a beautiful retelling of the novel. And as you said, I mean, it really won uh, pretty much all of the precursors. It won uh, the BAFTA, it won the, Top Annie Award, uh, Visual Effects Society, uh, film editing, uh, pretty much everything, as you said. Yeah. Well, let's go to costume design. The nominees are Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And this one I'm actually going to combine with Best Production Design because. Uh, Catherine Martin's work on Elvis is nominated uh, for both of those, and she previously won both of those categories for Moulin Rouge and, again, for uh, The Great Gatsby. Do you think she can do it again?
1: I think it's certainly possible, and I've looked at that very hard. I do also know, as as I know you know, that it's actually not the kind of regular way of things that those two— Uh, usually go together they're quite often broken up and so while she has that history i think there is a very real chance that they could be broken up um and so to me costume design is in all likelihood between her and between black panther wakanda forever which was designed by ruthie carter who won for the first black panther in this category so i think that you know the argument there i've heard is that elvis costumes are essentially modeled off of Photographs and just recreating stuff that you have a reference point for, whereas Wakanda Forever had to be created essentially out of out of thin air. And so, um, you know, that it's just so prominent in all the promotional materials you see for everything, uh, anything for Angela Bassett, it's got these very elaborate headpieces and all kinds of stuff. So I personally think it could go. Uh, and and may well go to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and I think that's that's despite the fact that Black Panther: Wakanda Forever lost at the Costume Designers Guild Awards uh, in the Sci-Fi Fantasy Film category to Everything Everywhere All at Once, despite the fact that Elvis is also up for Best Picture, whereas Wakanda is not. I just think that there's something about when you think of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, the costumes do seem to be, you know, in the forefront.
0: Right. And then if you look at the production design category, uh, in addition to Elvis, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, and The Fablemans. And the one that we should flag in here, in addition to Elvis, is uh, Babylon, which won the BAFTA. And it also won the um, the category for period production design at the Art Directors Guild Awards. And um, over the past five years, um, the winner of that category went on to win the Oscar uh, three times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and Babylon also won the Critics' Choice Award. So there is a lot of a lot to be said for Babylon, except that I think if we look at the you know the production design nominees, as you know, are decided by that specific branch of the academy but now it goes to the full academy for the win and we know that outside of the music branch and the production designers branch there was really very little support for babylon which makes me wonder if enough voters have even seen it to be voting for it uh, in these categories and and whereas we have opposite babylon here elvis with Catherine martin um you know a film that is nominated for best picture she has won Twice before for, um, you know, the kind of flashy, colorful movies that she's made with her husband, Baz Luhrmann. So I am picking her in this category. But uh, another wild card there is All Quiet on the Western Front. And if it wins for production design, then we may be that may be an early indicator that we're seeing a a sweep for that film, which definitely, uh, you know, kind of had that had that result. Uh, at BAFTAs, not winning in th- not winning this award, but sort of being a latecomer that just dominated at the at the BAFTAs, and we might see that here as well.
0: Well, that takes us to makeup and hairstyling, where All Quiet on the Western Front is nominated alongside Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and the Whale.
1: It's a tough one because uh, if you look at recent years, it's this this award often kind of correlates with a lead acting you know front runner because who who has really transformed him or herself so you've got the iron lady winning both best actress and makeup and hairstyling you've got uh you know uh the eyes of tammy faye just last year with jessica chastain winning best actress and then the makeup and hairstyling um it doesn't always work out that way but it seems to you know gary oldman Best Actor and Makeup and Hairstyling. So in this case, I think that we are likely to see the winner be either, um, you know, The the Whale or Elvis because they have lead acting uh, nominees who are physically transformed in, in very different ways, but in very major ways. And I think so. I think one of those is likelier to be recognized here. You've got, you know, with The Whale, it's basically making Brendan Fraser unrecognizably uh, obese. And and that means wh- they've really emphasized the sort of uh, the way that they've gone about doing that is different than other uh, movies have historically done with dealing with, you know, creating obese characters with actors who are not obese. Elvis, I think, is a little bit less of a, a physical tr- transformation, or at least that's less at the forefront of the conversation. So I kind of think that the whale is... Likely just because it's, it's such a prominent part of that movie, the, the makeup and hairstyling transformation.
0: Okay, let's go to film editing. We have The Banshees, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. In this case, uh, Michael Nielsen, who edited Banshees, uh, actually won the Oscar in film editing two years ago for Sound of Metal. All mm-hmm. others are first-time nominees. What do you think of this category?
1: I think that again you know the editing community is obviously very familiar with what you know how to tell the difference between strong editing and and not I don't think the rest of the academy necessarily is and so what they often respond to is the most editing which in this case could be seen as Top Gun Maverick which has these crazy aerial action sequences that are very thrillingly cut by Eddie Hamilton but then you also have Everything, everywhere, all at once, which has a ton of, you know, inserts, brief snippets. Uh, it also, you know, to whatever extent people are able to follow the whole idea of these multiverses and everything, it it's largely dependent on the effectiveness of the editing of Paul Rogers. So I I think it's between those two, which, which both are the two won, that the Eddie's did yeah, as well, yeah, and ace, then everything ace, ace.
0: everywhere is the one that won the BAFTA.
1: Yeah, so I um. I, I actually yeah both at BAFTA and critics choice everything everywhere beat top gun and I just think it's 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 likely to happen again here I could see it being either of those but my hunch is that you know if the academy is truly so on board I mean I guess the way I would put it is that again may be a very early bellwether about how the best picture award is going to go because you've got these two top contenders and my hunch is that it will be everything everywhere but I would not be shocked if uh top gun maverick won here and in fact i'm just pulling up because i'm trying to remember what happened not not that it's totally relevant but just out of curiosity you know 36 years ago we had the original top gun which the original was top gun was nominated
0: uh, in film editing and it lost to platoon
1: yeah so i don't see i think the fact that you know tar banshees it's just not as showy i guess elvis is quite showy when you have that uh, you know but, but I, I would I would not give a lot of credence to banshees or tar uh, being contenders there,
0: okay, so let's move to best sound. Here we do have All Quiet on the Western Front. We have Avatar, the Way of Water. We have the Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Now, this is a category that combines what was previously sound editing and sound mixing. This is only the third year since they recombined the categories, so we don't have a lot of history to look at. But uh, what we do know is All Quiet won the BAFTA. We know that Top Gun won Cinema Audio Society, which is sound mixing. And then motion picture sound editors kind of spread their wealth. Um, All Quiet won um, Best Sound Editing for a foreign language film. We had Elvis win for music editing and Top Gun win for effects and Foley. What are your feelings on this one?
1: Yeah, I think it is truly uh, in some ways a toss up between those three. I, I think that um, sound to me, you know, there are some years where that's been, especially when there were the two sound awards where musicals were sort of expected to win. I think usually sound mixing now that you have one, it does feel like Top Gun Maverick is perhaps slightly out front here. And uh, that does seem to be the pick of most of my fellow pundits as well. So I'm, you know, cautiously picking that.
0: Well, we can also take a quick look at uh, original score which is um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, and the Fablemans. Uh, John Williams, once again. What are your feelings here?
1: You know, whether it's coincidental or not, it is notable to me that the BAFTA award for score has corresponded with the Oscar winner for score in eight of the last 10 years, including the last three. And so the fact that All Quiet won there. Is notable. You have certainly had Babylon winning a few other things, but only once in the last nineteen years has this Oscar category gone to a movie that was not also nominated for Best Picture. So I think that even if Babylon might be deserving, I don't see that being likely. I think the 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 sleeper wild card here is John Williams for the Fablemans. He's been nominated over fifty times. He's won a bunch, but he has kind of flirted the idea that he's nearing the end of his career. He's not retiring just yet, but how many more will he do? It's not, you know, he's in his 90s, he's already the oldest, uh, I believe, nominee at this point and would be, of course, the oldest winner then. So I think there's a sentimental possibility that people vote for him, but I would I would put it on All Quiet, which also in all of their, you know, um m- Online and, and and television marketing has really emphasized that. I think it's three-note kind of anchor of its score that has really, it's quite memorable. Now, Babylon score is omnipresent. It's a loud score. It's sort of uh, Justin Hurwitz, great talent. Um, those are two where I think you actually do really remember the score, and, and that probably matters.
0: Right, but I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd give the edge to uh, vocal bertelman and let's also do original song we have um applause from tell it like a woman hold my hand top gun maverick lift me up black panther uh natu to natu to from rrr and this is a life from everything everywhere
1: yeah it's a it's a really interesting hard to call category here because you know the two journalist groups critics choice and Uh, Golden Globes both went for Natu Natu from RRR, which is a very catchy song and means a lot if you've seen how it's employed in the movie. But the problem is this movie was not nominated anywhere but in this category at the Oscars. And so you wonder how many people actually, you know, of the whole organization have – taken the time to watch the movie see it in you know see how that song fits in the context of the movie it's certainly possible that it wins here but more often the, the best original song tends to come from a best picture nominee which would mean that top gun maverick song by lady gaga hold my hand or everything everywhere all at once song um by david byrne and son lux and that crowd that that would be, you know, be between those two. And in fact, Lady Gaga herself has kind of learned that lesson the hard way when everybody thought she and Diane Warren were going to win for the documentary song Till It Happens to You. And then you realize, well, people didn't watch that in the same uh, numbers that they watched in that case, the, the Bond song by Sam Smith, which beat it. So I think it's important to remember, you know, people generally don't vote for things if they haven't seen the movie. Even if they listen to the songs, it's just you have to generally feel an investment in the movie. So while most people are picking not to not to, then maybe even the second most number of people are picking the Rihanna song from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Lift Me Up. I kind of think that Top Gun Maverick with Lady Gaga, ironically, the one song of the five nominees that will not be performed on the Oscars telecast, I think that might end up winning.
0: And actually, it probably should be noted that the uh, that Take My Breath Away from the original Top Gun did win the oscar in this category.
1: Yes, and uh you know, it's it, I don't know that this song is as uh memorable as that one, but it is it it's it just shows that when people are watching a movie in large numbers as they certainly have with Top Gun Maverick, the highest grossing domestic, you know, release of the year, um it can it can make a difference.
0: Well, best visual effects feels like um a foregone conclusion. <laughs> um, we have All yeah. Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, the Batman, Black Panther, and uh, Top Maverick.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you say, it looks like a done deal. You've got the same, you know, not the exact same, but you got Joe Leteria and the Weta people who won 13 years ago for the original Avatar are or back with another one. And even if you don't like the movie, Basically, everyone acknowledges that it's, its most distinguishing characteristic is its kind of visual effects. So I, I think it would be a massive shocker if it does not win that award. I
0: quite agree. And then, I mean, it has all of these advancements, the underwater performance capture, the facial capture, um, and that one also won the BAFTA, and that one also really swept the Visual Effects Society Awards, winning everything, including the top category there. Yeah, and I quite agree with you. It would be that would probably be the biggest shock of the night if that doesn't win.
1: Yeah. For
0: Joe Leteri, this would be his fifth Oscar.
1: Well, and also I'm I'm actually looking up. Has anyone won more than that?
0: Dennis Murenholz the record for eight competitive, uh, not including things like scientific and technical awards or honorary awards. But um, with a fifth, Joe Leteri would be at five, which would be a tie with Ken Ralston. Yeah. At the bake off this year, I remember one branch member commented that uh, they were there to vote on which four teams would be at the Dolby Theater to clap when Avatar won.
1: <laughs> that sounds right to me. I mean, it's pretty. I guess you can you can those the rest of them can just let loose and drink and have fun because it's they don't have to worry about giving a speech.
0: Although we should say, um, you know, a- Avatar aside, I mean, all, all four of the others are very worthy nominees and represent some really terrific work this year. Sure. And then the last one is uh, Best Cinematography. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, James Friend, Bardo, Darius Kanji. Elvis, Mandy Walker, Empire of Light, Roger Deakins, and Tar Florian Hoffmeister. And as we're recording this, this is just days after Mandy Walker became the first woman to win the feature category for the American Society of Cinematographers.
1: Yeah, which is an amazing accomplishment. And we that would be the same, right, at the Oscars. She would be the first female winner. But my hesitation in predicting her is that Partly that I think all quite on the Western front feels like more their their cup of tea, and it did win the BAFTA and Society of Camera Operators top awards for cinemator- or you know for uh, cinematography related work. I don't think the ASC has the greatest track record of predicting this award, but also maybe most importantly, if Mandy Walker's name was actually on the ballot and people were aware of the fact, you know, outside of the cinematography community that they would have a chance to help make history. I think she would have a a better shot, but unfortunately the reality is just that they only list the film's name. So, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's just that that is not an advantage that she'll have. So I, I think all quiet, which was not even nominated for the ASC award, but I don't read into that a lot because it's sort of a clubby Hollywood centric group. Right. I, I don't, I think that, I think that all quiet, has at least as good a shot as Elvis at, at winning there.
0: Well, I think it's between those two. I agree with you, but I'm still think Mandy could pull it off. Um,
1: well, that would be yeah, the, be cool the record,
0: right. Uh, the, uh, the background right now is at seven of the last 10 years, the ASC winner did go on to win the Oscar. Um, and, uh, and to your your point about the name being on the ballot, um, you and I have been going to a lot of different events this season, but what I can say about the ones that I've been to, I've certainly noticed that, you know, Baz Lerman has been very vocal about reminding people, you know, about Mandy and, uh, you know, whenever he speaks, um, have you been seeing that as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I know she, they've really featured her in a lot of their prominent Q and A's and film promotional videos and stuff as well. So Look, I'd be very happy for her. It would certainly be a uh, worthy winner. I just, when you look at the history of that category, there's a lot of war movies, sort of sweeping stuff there. Maybe more so than musicals, but again, it's a or musical biopics, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's sort of a toss up, but be very happy if she if she ended up winning.
0: Well, those are the crafts categories, but um, bigger picture, this is also the year that we're going to see all of the crafts categories presented live, and we're told it will be done in the same way as all of the other categories. You and I just listened to the press conference a little while ago, where yeah. they reviewed that. They didn't reveal too many details, but what are your thoughts on the show itself?
1: I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's in the in the kind of higher profile categories there's a lot of question marks this year which will make it both nerve-wracking and exciting for people like me who who try to prognosticate about these things I, i i mean three of the four acting categories the all of them except supporting actor where kihei kwan is appears to be a slam dunk i mean the other three are are up for grabs between at least two and in some cases three people who all have very legitimate chances of winning and so there's that then you have best picture which is you know given the academy's preferential ballot really always makes it a wild card um since the or you know makes it a little scary to predict since the expansion of the category beyond five nominees uh and so you know yes everything everywhere all at once has been winning almost every everywhere else but except at the Producers Guild Awards, that was not on a preferential ballot. And and it is not a movie that, to me, feels built for the preferential ballot. It's quite polarizing. There are people who absolutely love it, and there are people who have given their very best to try to watch it all the way through or understand it. And I can't tell you how many people say they they gave up because they just felt lost. And, and yes, those are primarily older people, but there are a lot of older people in the Academy. And so uh, I would still predict it for lack of... Greater confidence in predicting something else, but I would not be totally shocked if All Quiet on the Western Front or Top Gun Maverick were to pull this out. I think anything other than that would be a a real shocker, but I don't think, you know, that it's a done deal at all for everything everywhere all at once. You know, on the one hand, like last year's winner for Best Picture, Coda, it is a group of people who it's impossible not to be happy for and root for their success that's what they have in common but what they don't have in common is that coda you know may not have been everyone's favorite movie but it was not a movie that anyone actively disliked and unfortunately the same cannot be said for everything everywhere there are a lot of people who love it but there are a lot of people who just either don't get it or actively dislike it so it's all going to come down to you know, this preferential ballot. And, you know, when you think about which movies are most likely to be eliminated on the first round, basically the first round would they then reallocate that movies, you know, ballots into whatever pile is number two on those ballots. So if you think that either women talking or triangle of sadness are the first one or two to be eliminated, then you do have to think what would be number two on most people who, you know, on the ballots of people who who went for those movies. And those are art house kinds of, you know, movies. They're not massive crowd pleasers like Top Gun Maverick or whatever. So there is still an, uh, my, my hunch is that those people will have everything everywhere quite high and that they, that will help get it across the 50% threshold um, before any other movie. But it's, it's not a done deal.
0: That concludes our last Oscar podcast of the season. then Scott, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Enjoy Sunday night.
0: us.